0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to part four of the conversation that Jordan and I were able to have with Adam Carlson regarding larger questions regarding youth ministry within our churches. As we come close to episode 100, we want to remind you again to please feel free to submit questions for Jordan and me to be able to address. During that episode, we want to be able to talk and answer any questions that you might have. The questions that you submit will also enter you in for a chance to win free ministry resources, and you can submit questions by either emailing us at flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com, or by finding our social media pages on Facebook or Instagram. And you can find us pretty easily on either platform. Again, if you would also like to enter in for a chance to win more resources, you can leave us a review on iTunes. We'd love to see that. And every question you submit, will enter you in for a chance to win. So that being said, let's get into today's episode.
1: Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. So in the event, you know, making a case for like here, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you Jesus. Here, here is Jesus. And this is going to be, there's going to be fun things. Yes. But it, we can be how we communicate stuff clear on what is peripheral and what is core. And I think that's kind of a big thing here too. Um, giving him Jesus. And, and yes, my heart, you know, what you said is, is so true. Um, if we're going to try to to use entertainment as a thing that draws kids in, um, personally, I've got a problem, and I need to retire because a, uh, I am not the most fun person around. Uh, they B, don't like
0: your dad jokes.
1: Yeah, I guess it's not a huge market. Um, All right. <laughs> B is that uh, there's just I, I can be awkward at times. You know, I think we what? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. So there's this. There's here's a great example. Um, we had okay. a lady move across the street lady in across the street and uh our church has these little gift things that are ready for anyone in the congregation to take and there's a card you fill out just you know here's some helpful information about the neighborhood here's our information um would you want to come to church with us so we brought that and a plate of cookies over to the house and knocked on the door and it started off kind of awkwardly to begin with because um pulled back the curtain, and then it took a hot second before she actually opened the door. We were first thinking, like, did she just, like, leave us at the door? Like, no, I'm not interested in anything. Uh, but eventually she opened the door, and so we are like, hey, where are your neighbors across the street? Welcome to the neighborhood. Here's some cookies, a little gift. Um, and she's like, oh, thanks. And Then Sarah and I just kind of both sat there silently <laughs> until she said, thanks. Again, and we're like, yeah, bye. And so... <laughs> You know, that is me, that is my life. And so if if slickness and hipness and even using the word hipness uh, is, if if, we're, if youth ministry is this attraction to get people here for the sake of having fun together and just building together, um, I'm not cut out for it, right? And, and I won't compete. And I there's few people who, who can compete. And I, I think there's, you know, there are some personalities that are just magnetic that just draw people to themselves. Um, I don't remember if we mentioned this in the podcast before, but like my friend Owen Parsley, Adam, you know, Owen really well. Uh, He's got one of those personalities that just people flock to him. Um, so he might be able to have a ministry set up like that. But generally speaking, if we're trying to win people with entertainment, there's going to be something glitzier and better in the world. And we fool ourselves if that's what we try to offer. Mm -hmm. But what we can offer that the world doesn't have is Jesus. And beyond Jesus, just the body of Christ that he calls us together. And when we are able to offer our students a healthy picture of the body of Christ, which is beyond just our youth ministry context, I think that is something really unique and really powerful, especially in this day of digital connection where we're isolated together um, and just not able to connect in deep, meaningful ways uh, with social media like we would, our hearts crave for.
0: Anytime the church tries to be something beyond besides the church, it we just end doesn't up with do Sunday well.
1: School musical.
0: What's that? Yeah, Sunday School musical.
1: <laughs> That's oh. a thing.
0: No, it is. No,
1: I have not watched it, but there is a Sunday School musical movie.
0: <sighs> okay, so I mean, not to pick on Christian movies, right? But when when the church tries to produce Christian culture, right? There's a lot of better movies out there than what usually gets produced when it comes to Christian movies, right? So uh, when the church tries to be entertaining, there's a lot of places that are really good at that. When the church tries to do like a food ministry, there's a lot of better restaurants out there. But what, you know, what separates the church, your local church from say the Lions Club or the Boy Scouts or the Shriners or 4-H or, you know, whatever, or other organization. And Jordan, you nailed it, right? It's, It's Jesus. It's the gospel and that is the thing that changes people but guess what it's the spirit's work as the gospel is proclaimed so back to where we're at here with the youth ministry as well it's when do you take the opportunity to teach the gospel to teenagers right whether that's formally during midweek whether that's having them come along on a road trip uh never underestimate by the way the the value and the investment of Dashboard time, right? Where you just buy a kid an energy drink and just drive around, maybe find a scenic drive and just let them, let them talk. They'll talk. They will talk if you just don't say anything. Just put some music on in the back, something they're not familiar with, like Switchfoot. Now that's actually a band that they're not familiar with, which is just tragic. Right? Be like, who is this? DC Talk. Oh, yeah, DC Talk. Uh, somebody Bramer. like that. It, it's. Having them talk in that way and to be able to say, this is kind of what we're going through. How is stuff going on with your your siblings? How are things with your parents? How's your relationship with them? To be able to invest in them with the power of the gospel. You know, not to use this bait and switch, like, I want to build a relationship with you. And then, surprise, here's Jesus. But to say, I want to love on you because this is what Jesus has for you as well. So... I guess the, the question as we continue this discussion is, uh, we'll start with Adam on this. How do you gauge where your ministry is at as far as growth, as far as spiritual development?
2: Um, yeah, I think one of the, the most effective tools that we have at or had, I should say, at Abiding Savior, since I'm not actually a, a youth director right now, um, was our confirmation for our middle schoolers, um, mostly because that was a, a, a direct time um, in a more educational setting um, with our, our staff or a pastor or someone like that, where you could bring up topics of the faith and have dialogue and have conversations. So that was, was one, one um, that wasn't necessarily the way but I'll say that's the arena in which it would take place. The area that was a setting in which those conversations were more natural to have. Um, um, the other, the other way that I always, um, sought to identify effectiveness of, um, Hey, how are we doing from a spiritual standpoint? How are we doing at discipling? Was typically taking a look at our families, um, as a whole, um, just because the, um, what the parents value, what they seem to care about and what they, um, or seemed to head it after what they viewed as, as most important was typically um, where the kids were at too. Uh, it wasn't always the case, but it, it was at least a good starting point for identifying those those sorts of realities within the church that um, I could have conversations with parents and glean a whole lot about where maybe the kids are at and where they're coming from, from a spiritual standpoint.
1: Yeah, I think this that's good, Adam. And, and we're kind of shifting conversation from asking the question is youth ministry broken to now like what might be different ways to to interact with this this ministry that we're um faced with and and ministering to students and coming out again from the why looking at the how a little bit now and i think that's a a great question is how do we evaluate and i think sometimes we get this uh maybe it's a cultural thing, this this hesitancy to really evaluate something because in our back of our mind we're hearing don't judge, you know, and, and this seems to be a judgy thing of evaluating. Adam, like you're talking about uh, looking at families in your congregational context and, and what are the things they value. You know, I can think of off the top of my head just um, a student who uh, we're now in the season of travel basketball. So it's like, I can't make the confirmation test because I'm at basketball. So reschedule that. I can't make this study time because of basketball. I can't make this last class because of basketball. And, um, and so there's, there's this clear proclamation going on in this family's life of what is taking priority and precedence through their actions. And sometimes it's just simply just asking the question, like, at what point does, this church thing, Trump. What's going on with basketball? And not even saying like it has to, just asking the question. Like, is, was there ever a time where where this would come first, and when would that be, and why would it be that? Not to like paint it as a legalistic thing, like you have to do church first. But we could also paint the picture of when we consistently choose this thing, and it's not basketball or sports necessarily. It could be, um, it could be YouTube videos or something. You know, but, streaming
0: on twitch or something like that yeah
1: whatever the case may be uh but just like help them see the the progression of what does this lead to and how does this inform our student because our student we gotta understand like there are some things that are more exciting than maybe going to a church service okay can we can we agree on that I, i think that's that's something we can agree on um there's something more exciting to eat than vegetables right but at some point a parent who is cognizant of the health of their child will say you might, you're not going to like this but you're going to need to eat your vegetables right and we we're, we're okay with communicating that nutritionally sometimes we miss out how to communicate that spiritually and it's just kind of using this to to talk with their parents and say like how how is this going you know what are what does this lead to is this leading to a healthy soul long term or does this lead to a drifting that takes place because we've become untethered, become unmoored from a local congregational context. Um, and I won't even throw necessarily youth ministry there as saying, like, you have to come to youth group. I'd rather probably have someone be involved with the congregational context if they're going to choose one thing, just because I think that's that's um, where the gospel is preached. I mean, yes, it's it's going to be preached in youth group too, if not, fire me. But um, you you also see something with the liturgy something with the intergenerational aspect that's that's really big there too so getting to the why getting to the what and then starting to evaluate and say like where are we at and honestly sometimes those honest assessments are hard because they're sobering right um and we see we see how we're missing the mark in some place but if we never get to that place then we can't figure out how to tweak and how to adjust and and what things to possibly change
0: well, because our identities are wrapped up, it's so much in what we do, right? It, we even say, I am the youth pastor. I'm the youth worker. That is my role. And there automatically, it's this half step into the hero complex uh, that we fall into. And we gotta we got to pull up on the joystick on that and just get out of that dive as fast as we can.
1: And I think that's also one of the reasons why it can be so challenging, because that identity piece is not just for us as leaders, but that's also... Talking with family, talking with students, their identity piece being wrapped up in all these other things, and and I think that's a helpful thing for us to recognize. Like, this is first commandment stuff with our identity being received from God and not forged in our own image of what we would like ourselves to be. And when we would we try to define ourselves, we're taking the role that God rightly has in our life in that declaration.
0: Right. So as we process this, Adam, how how would you suggest maybe having churches reframe what they expect from people like us as youth workers, as people involved specifically in the lives of students? Sure, um, I,
2: I will caveat that first with just, let me, let me um, brainstorm some ideas, and then I'd love to get yeah. some feedback from you guys as well. So not necessarily this is the answer, but these are some of the things that I've, I've been trying to think through. Um, part of my answer to this question goes back to um jordan you asked earlier about kind of the why of, of youth ministry for me and i, I mentioned that long term is really my goal thinking through um you know not not uh, butts in the seats today um but looking at their deathbed uh when they're there are they going to be in christ um, is there going to be a faithfulness uh that, that they have throughout the throughout the whole of their life um has really switched the frame for me to in questions about evaluation now. Um, how do we, we take a look at these things? So um, a couple of, of things that I have been wrestling with and wondering, are these good markers of evaluation for how do we determine whether it's success? Um, one of them has actually been to take, take a look at the congregations um, that I would want my um, our teens to be part of when they go. So, for example, in our context, one of the, the biggest uh, feeders for colleges in the area is SDSU in Brookings, South Dakota. There's a lot of kids from um from our church and our community that end up at that that place. Uh, taking a look then in that community and saying what are the churches that are there and um. Our, is there a way that we can shape? Uh, it sounds manipulative. So you guys can you guys can call me out on this if you want. But how can we shape our experience now um, to prepare them to find a church like this one or this one or this one as they go off to this this community? As they go off to college, am I instilling with them the values that that I really really want them to have, so that they're going to gravitate towards a body of Christ and a congregation that looks like this? um uh and i th- i think for me why i've I've wrestled or, or wondered if this could be effective is it might impact the way that we do ministry now um if um I'll, I'll use this as an illustration but when i was in college i remember walking by um it was a bulletin board where you know people could you know staple up or put a pin in advertisements or announcements or whatever and You don't even look at it. There's so much information on that bulletin board, um, everything gets lost. There's so much there, you actually don't find anything. Um, One of the most effective ones that drew my eye that I remember, for the most part, it was a piece of paper, you know, probably 11 by 18 poster size or something like that, that had mostly white on it it wasn't filled with words or graphics um, it was very small information right in the middle of the page and the rest was white around it and my eyes were drawn to it um, and so thinking through our ministries now thinking with this long-term approach how do we communicate and instill the values that we want our kids to have in the future um, to get them to be a part of a congregation and raising healthy kids now how can we minimize all of the noise all of the text on the page all of the graphics um, to really make sure that we're communicating and passing on the things that we find valuable so um I'll, I'll i'll parse this out a little bit more but if we say that the most important things uh for our, our teenagers is that as a healthy relationship with christ and uh, dependence upon uh, the spirit through his word uh to sustain them and understanding what they believe and why they believe it and then living out their faith if we say that those are the most important things, but 90% of the things that we're communicating to our teens in our congregation are about the next event. Uh, what's going on at church the following day? Um, here's the sign up for this thing that you need to be aware of. Hey, we have this fundraiser coming up. Um, the scale doesn't seem to match, right? And so I'm just trying to think through how do we how do we pass that on? How do we evaluate and can we minimize the noise? of youth ministry, of of congregational life, of announcements and whatnot, to really focus and make sure that those kids really can see that big blank border of white on the announcement board, on the bulletin board, so we can really get them to focus on what we find is most valuable.
0: Hello, Conviction. It's been a while. (laughs) No, that's tremendous, Adam. I think you're, you're really on the right spot with that because, I mean, there is a time and place to have announcements like that. Say hey, we got this fundraiser coming up. We've got this event coming up. Make sure you sign up. But it's also you know telling a story about what your youth ministry is doing, you know. And as you do that, um, when you look about uh, our job descriptions, how much of that is encouraging uh, discipleship within the students and within the parents, right? And and even within integrating them into the life of the larger church. And how much of that does it sound more like? you're just kind of an event coordinator right and there again you have this mentality that you should probably have a conversation with instead of just kind of sitting back and saying oh well there's nothing much I can do talk to the people in your church if this is a concern of yours if this is something that worries you or something that you've noticed and said hey this is what I'm trying to accomplish and I don't know if my job description reflects that or if the attitude that is being dealt to me like as people approach me and as people talk to me I don't know if this conversation reflects kind of where I'm at and maybe you're just not quite in sync with the church and uh, we mentioned I don't know how many episodes ago this was right making sure we're all rowing in the same direction right because as people in youth ministry we could be way out in right field and just kind of doing our own thing and the rest of the church might not even have any idea because it's that silo mentality, right? What happens in the youth room stays in the youth room. It kind of turns into a submarine mentality, right? Where we have the youth ministry just emerges from the depths whenever it needs to restock on air and food, and then it just resubmerges down when it's you know, and oh, we you need the, the students to do something. Here it comes up again, but okay, leave us alone. <laughs> and it's this how do you have a healthy attitude within the whole church, not just your leadership, but even with your parents, with the empty nesters, even with, you know, the students as they transition into youth group, uh, into the youth ministry, what does youth ministry look like? What are they expecting? What has been communicated to them? What have they observed over the last few years of their life as they've looked forward to youth ministry? Because we've got a lot of kids right now that are really excited. They're in fifth grade and we let them come in to youth ministry stuff um, in sixth grade. You know, start participating a little bit more, a little bit more active. And they're looking forward to a lot of the bigger trips that we go on. And that's fine. I mean, that's there's a lot of excitement to be able to say, oh, the trip to Colorado, I can't wait. It's Yeah, okay. There, there's more that we do than just this trip every other year. I want to make sure that we're communicating that we're more than just planning fun trips for kids that we're actually trying to encourage them and build them in their faith.
1: And I again, broken record, but I think on a congregational level, especially with leadership, this gets back to the why and, and what are you doing And I think um, that, that illustration is is powerful Adam about the the border and the confusion because there's a lot of stuff that we can get distracted by. Um, visually it makes sense because we're drawn to contrast, right? We're drawn to either light in the midst of darkness or dark in the midst of light visually. So that was a really, really smart way to do that, especially extending that border in in the midst of chaos. And I think the translation from that then is how, you know, on a congregational level, well, there's a lot of implications. Like how do we present our church... As a bastion of light in the midst of the darkness around us. And so that's content implications there. Um, But I think as far as your question about like, do we frame our ministry experience so that students are prepared to go to this location? um, I I think that's interesting to consider. Uh, But I would think maybe we would better serve our kids and just developing them to be able to process the how because in the same time we recognize that God has made our kids individually too and they're gonna some might really benefit from that and say I'm gonna find that congregation but I I think that there's room to recognize too that a lot of our students might find something totally else and I think that this gets into a little bit of um, of God's kingdom our empire conversation you know like if if we're creating our ministry to set up our students to be able to, like, we'll just use our association since it's what we're all a part of. If if our goal is to raise our kids to be involved in a FAFLC congregation in a different place, and I'm not, I know you're not saying that specifically, um, I think that's different than if we're preparing them to be meaningful members of a congregation in the kingdom of God someplace else. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that's, because in there you're going to get into a whole bunch of uh, you've used that the term adiaphora as far as uh, what is prescribed scripturally and what is freedom, and like you know, music styles, liturgy uh, implications, and different things like that. And I think there's room for kids, and I recognize the tension there. And we love tension in the Lutheran Church because we we recognize we don't want to just release our kids to all the churches that don't look like us, because um, there's a lot of that. That's probably the more popular. Um, but I think if we can frame our kids to be able to perceive what does it mean to be a congregation that's founded on the word of God, that's going to preach Jesus, that's going to have a healthy mission of what is our, our task here and how they can get involved with that. Um, so that'd be kind of a little bit of, I wouldn't say pushback, but a, a tweak that I'd make to that as well. But I really like that that question, clutter. How do we make the main thing the main thing in, in our communication, in our... Um, and the way that we share the story of our youth ministry experiences, what's going on, and yeah, it's giving me something to think on for for a bit here.
0: Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account flyover ministry podcast at gmail.com you can find other episodes that we've recorded on itunes and spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and please feel free to share them with a friend thanks again for listening and we'll see you in the next episode